Hello out there and welcome to the Fantasy World Order Fantasy Baseball Podcast. I am Pat Donovan and joining me for the third time tonight is <laughs> Joe Saunders. What's going on? We're having some technical difficulties, but we're working it out. Yeah, well, we're, we're trying whatever we can at this point. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we have a great show lined up for you guys tonight. We're going to run through the uh, mostly depressing injury news, start the show off to get you guys in a really good mood. And then we're going to do some player spotlight segments, discuss some guys that we've um, had our eye on through the first uh, two weeks of the season. So uh, let's kick it off with some bad news because that's how we like to roll. Mike Clevenger, back injury, is not going to throw for six to eight weeks. Brutal. This is obviously a big blow. So who do you have your eyes on for replacements? And I would like you to give me one under 50% ownership in Yahoo and one under 25% ownership in Yahoo. Yeah, so I went real deep with one, um, and I went with an NFBC ownership under 30%, so 29% on Gio Gonzalez. So he's not – he doesn't have a job right now. Um, he's pitching in the minors in the, for the Yankees. He pitched – pretty well, I think, uh, either yesterday or the day before. Um, so he's more of just a speculative ad, um, someone that can come up and sort of eat innings. Um, in, you know, an NFBC format, uh, it's a good play because, um, you know, it's only a matter of time until someone gets hurt in the Yankees rotation because that's just kind of how these things go. Um, and so he can provide some innings. Um, they won't be great innings, but they're just innings. And that's kind of what you're looking for. The other name that I wanted to mention uh, is in Yahoo, and it's 27%, so I'm cheating here. But it's my boy Frankie Montas. Um, The added splitter uh, is working wonders so far. He had another good outing today. Not the best outing, but six innings, three earned against the Orioles. Um, He still looks pretty sharp. He's throwing the splitter, and it's mixing in well with the slider and the fastball. Um, So, yeah, he's got to up that ownership. Yeah. I mean, I, I think he looks fantastic um, to be honest with you. Um, you know, I'm, I'm always a primo, a premium VLO guy. Oh yeah. Am, the fastball is ridiculous. And the fact that it's a four seam now really works well with the split. So I, I'm, I'm about as far in on him as I can get, especially given the fact that that ballpark is fantastic. That team is good. Um, and they're pretty good defensively as well. So it's all it's all coming together for Montas, in my opinion. So, I mean, since I'm the rules guy, I stayed within the rules. Um, <laughs> 47% ownership is Tyler Skaggs, who we all know I, I have a gigantic man crush on. Um, he has not gotten off to the fastest start this year, but the Angels have kind of eased him in off of uh, some struggles during spring training with health. I think that he's pretty much ready to go at this point, though. He pitched well the other night, went six innings. And, um, you know, I, I made the argument all offseason. He was fantastic last year until he got hurt. And his full season numbers got um, a, quite diluted um, after um, he came back from the injury. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had about, I think he had 14 innings pitched. And he had a couple of blowups. And just was never the same after he came back from that injury. But for the first half of the year, he was an absolute ace. Uh, The one thing that the Angels are pretty good at is defense. And Skaggs has the ability to K about a guy per inning. So 
with that in mind, I, I think that he's a pretty strong play and he might be a guy that, um, you know, has been dropped for Montas in some spots. And, and, I, and I think I'd rather have Skaggs um, at this point. But if he's available, I would definitely lean towards scooping him up. And then my second pick is a guy I mentioned on the podcast last week in terms of a player spotlight, but he's, I think he's way under own. That's Caleb Smith at 12% mm, ownership definitely. in Yahoo. Yeah. Um, you know, this is a guy I have comp to Robbie Ray in terms of uh, sort of the profile that he has. The one difference between the two though is, well, there's, there's two big differences. The first is, um, obviously Caleb Smith pitches in Miami. So he's got an extreme ballpark in his favor. And the other thing is that his approach is an extreme fly ball approach. So he's, while he might be more susceptible to homers, the BABIP is not going to be as bad. He's not going to get hit around as much. Yeah. There are going to be some games like this weekend where he gives up two or three bombs, but it's not going to be, you know, seven, eight, nine hits, and then a homer like Robbie Ray does it. It's going to be a lot of solo shots. Um, and when the ball stays in the yard, particularly at home, he's going to be pretty good. Um, he's got a plus fastball. He's got um, two secondary pitches. The change and the slider are both pretty good. Um, I think there's a lot to like here, and I think he would have been a breakout last year had he not gotten hurt. Yeah, yeah you know what, too, right, and – the, the change-up, right, is – I mean, I don't actually have the numbers in front of me, but um, just intuitively, I think the change is probably an easier pitch to control than as opposed to Robbie Ray's third curveball, his third pitch curveball. Um, and it, it kind of shows, right? Uh, Caleb Smith's got just, in general, better control than Ray does. So, yeah, I, I like that. Okay, and then we've got Mike Trout hitting uh, – not hitting the DL, but he's got a groin strain. He's going to try to avoid the DL. Um, obviously, that's just something you have to monitor. Um, unfortunately, you've probably lost him for um, most of this week, but hopefully no longer than that. Luis Severino is going to be shut down another six weeks following an MRI. That puts him into late June for a return and probably pushes him almost to the all-star break um, if the Yankees can afford to be conservative with him. Can I ask uh, you a question? Yeah. If you don't have a DL slot, are you or an IL slot? Excuse me, are you dropping him? I, if I don't have a DL slot, provided I have some sort of bench space, no. But I think about maybe two weeks from now. I eat the two weeks of DL time and then I start throwing his, his name out there and trade offers because I think at that point you're going to start to see in most leagues, and I'm taking this from a head to head perspective. Um, you're going to start to see teams sort of differentiate themselves and move to move towards the top of the league and believe that they are contenders. And I think that's, that's about when you can probably cash out on him for somewhere around 70 to 75 cents on the dollar. Um, and, I, and I think that that's really where you want to end up in terms of, if, of cashing out if you have to. I think right now you'd be lucky to get 50 cents on the dollar if that. 
Sure. I, I So I agree with the strategy in head-to-head. I think in Roto, uh, I'm out, though. Like, Roto, no DL slot, I'm done. Even if you have the bench space? Uh, I mean, I guess it would depend on how deep the league. If it's like a twelve teamer, I'm dropping him. I'd rather have I'd rather have another pitcher giving me giving me stats. I mean, I'm, it's I'm, like I'm, five I'm, months, four months. I'm thinking specifically like TGFBI, where you've got seven or eight bench spots, but no DL. Yeah, then I'm okay with it. Then okay. I'd hang on to him. All right, then yeah, then we're on the same page. Yeah, I mean, because it's a deeper league. Yeah. Uh, Hyun Jin Ryu, a groin strain. He was out three months last year with the same injury, um, but the Dodgers are claiming it's not as serious. Um, playing the numbers game, can Urias stay in the rotation with this injury, or is he back out again when Hill and Kershaw come back? And it's looking like end of April both will be back. So Roberts has already said that um, he's going to go back into the bullpen. Okay. Can um, you believe him? Yeah, I do. I do. Because even before the season, Roberts pretty much said that they're going to baby him um, and make sure they don't overuse him. So I imagine that he'll be playing Dodger Roulette a lot. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm inclined to believe Roberts, um, and, and especially when it comes to young pitchers. I mean, this is a guy that's had fairly extensive injury a fairly extensive injury track record for a young pitcher. Um, you know, he's, he's had a couple of uh, DL stints during the course of his young career, and he doesn't have the innings base to really be utilized and useful for a starter for a full season for the Dodgers. Um, that said, at some point he has to get the innings, right? I mean, they can't, they, 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 they are doing a, injustice to themselves if they're simply going to limit him to 75 innings, you know, because then when the hell is he going to get up to 150, 160, 180 innings at the major league level? Um, you know, so I, I, that, that part of me, that, that, that aspect of it seems to indicate to me that he's probably not going to spend the amount of time in the bullpen that Roberts um, may be indicating. Um, I, I do think it's more likely that he heads out of the rotation than stripling when these guys come back. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't be shocked if they go six man, to be honest with you. And I think that's what they should do, to be honest. I mean, you have uh, Kershaw coming back off an injury. You have Hill, whose health is always iffy. Um, Maida is a guy that they don't like going deep into games. Um, Stripling's a guy that has, has lost some velo from last year. So you have to wonder if, um, you know, maybe some, maybe a little extra rest would make him more effective. So you got a lot of, a lot of arms in there that could probably benefit from the extra rest. And that's how you could keep Urias involved and get his innings total where you would like it to be and use him as a starter. And then maybe when Ryu comes back, if it's a long-term injury, he can come back out or he can simply fluctuate back and forth between the two roles as these guys go on the DL and they can sort of use the six starting pitchers, uh, the seven starting pitchers in six spots. See, um, but they've I, just been reluctant to do that in the past. So Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm a little bit more pessimistic than you. I, I don't know if they'll do that. I think what will probably end up happening is that him and Stripling will kind of just keep flip-flopping, as long as everyone's healthy, right? But they won't be. So 
Um, I think whenever whenever there's five other guys there, I think Urias is in the pen, and then he just he's the first man out. Okay. Yeah, I, I just want to make it clear. I'm not. I'm not optimistic that that's going to happen. I'm simply stating that that's what I think they should do. Of course, of course. I mean, I think at the end of the day, he's still probably going to hit 110 innings. Yeah, I just I'm not sure how many of them are going to be starting versus relieving. I agree with that. I'm not and sure either. It's you know, it's it's easy to sort of plug him into the bullpen and make him um, you know, super reliever, but it's not that's not always the way it works, you know? Mm-hmm. So I I just wonder how many of those innings are going to actually be useful um to fantasy owners. Um, okay, so and then Mike Fultonevich also on the way back um, had a rehab start. So Kershaw, Hill, and Fulty are looking um, hopeful for towards the end of April. I think Jimmy Nelson's a little further away. He threw an extended spring game and is going to start a rehab assignment at some point next week. So he might have a shot late April, early May. Um, those are the big names that are on the DL that are making their way back. Alex Reyes was sent down. He's going to work in relief in the minors. I really wish Nick was on this podcast. Um, so, listen, this is my thought about this, and it's sort of reading tea leaves. But I, I think this indicates that Carlos Martinez is probably coming back as a starter. Uh, do you think that assumption is correct, or do you think one has nothing to do with the other? So, uh, I think that's correct, but I'm not necessarily sure if it's because of Alex Reyes. Um, I just think that... Uh, they're, they they need a fifth starter. I mean, Dakota Hudson pitched, what, yesterday or two days ago? Um, and I think he pitched pretty well. But, you know, you can't rely on Dakota Hudson. Um, Carlos Martinez is definitely a better pitcher. And uh, well, you, all, you also can't rely on Adam Wainwright. That's the thing. That's what I was going to say, right? It's only a matter of time until one of Wainwright or Waka gets hurt. Um, so I'm not e- – I, I think they're they're independent, but I think you're right that Carlos Martinez will probably end up back in the rotation. Well, yeah, and Wainwright's bad. <laughs> I mean, He's, it doesn't even have to do with uh, injury. I mean, yeah. it's just, it's, I mean, there is it's some actually really sad. stubbornness. Oh, yeah, it is, it, it is sad. I mean, you know, it, this guy was one of the best pitchers in baseball, what, four or five years ago? Yeah. And it's just, it's just not there anymore. He's got nothing, gone. yeah. 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 Um, and there is a little bit of, um, you know, they're 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 still holding on to the past with him, and they've been reluctant to remove him. But yeah, I mean, I, I think that this team would benefit greatly from having Carlos Martinez in the rotation as opposed to the bullpen. Um, and, and you know, I, and I don't know that Reyes being demoted and continuing to work in relief is necessarily the indication of it. But um, I, I I I agree with you. I, I think it's just the way the roster plays out. But it's certainly an indication to me that um, he's higher on the pecking order than Reyes at this point for a role in the rotation. Yes. Okay, David Dahl also hit the DL with a core muscle injury, uh, but expects it to be a minimum stay. We will certainly see on that. We do not like core injuries. It's not a good look. Um, But without getting into detail as to Dahl's outlook, are there any short-term outfield plays you like? At 50% and at 25%, like with the pitchers. Yeah, so I, again, didn't follow the rules. But so <laughs> I got an NFBC player. Why the hell do I make these rules? <laughs> I got an NFBC player at 24%, so Brian Goodwin. 
Uh, he's like a 15-15-250 type. Uh, and he's got playing time, right? Which is like the most important part. The Angels lineup is pretty bad, but he's got playing time. Um, he's sort of paced out for this for his career in the minors. Um, so again, it's just an accumulation play. Um, and he represents a really good re- cheap replacement right now. As far as Yahoo goes, 50%, I got uh, Brandon Nimmo off to an incredibly slow start. He's better than what he's shown so far. And uh, Ramon Laureano at 40%, I mean, this guy's got to be owned. He's like 2015 easy. Um, he's in a stacked A's lineup. Laureano has to be owned. And he's also glorious to watch play the field. Yes, yes. Um, makes literally one or two flash plays every night. Um, okay, uh, the, the guys that I want to highlight, Grichuk at 42%. I mentioned him last week. I still think he's under own. The Jays have committed to him at this point. But I'll give you another name. Um, Jay Bruce, 43%. Which is it's kind of stunning at this point that he's got seven homers and he's still not owned in more than 50% of leagues. Um, only 31, not as old as you think. Got power for days. Um, is healthy and, uh, you know, ride the hot streak at this point. He, he's, he's red hot in terms of hitting the ball out. Um, the, for whatever reason, it seems as though the ball is traveling further this year than last year all of a sudden again. So um, I, I, there's a shot that Bruce is in for a very nice season, could certainly easily be a 30-plus homer bat um, and produce pretty well in the middle of a Mariners lineup that's, uh, putting up runs as I speak right now because they just put, played it another two and they're up 5 3 uh, in the fourth against the Royals. They, they just keep on chugging. Um, so, you know, I, it's, a, it's, a, it's a good spot for him to be in. He's clean up in that, in that lineup. Uh, I'm, I'm all over him at, at that ownership percentage. And then at 25%, I've got Kevin Kiermeyer. Um, much like the Mariners, the Rays offense uh, is looking quite a bit stronger than people expected. Uh, Kiermeyer is no longer being relied on as, you know, the guy there. Um, they've certainly gotten some help for him, um, both from guys coming up from the minors and, and from, from trades and acquisitions. Um, Tommy Pham, obviously, is, is probably the centerpiece of this offense at this point. But Kiermaier is showing some of that power and speed that has long uh, tantalized us. Um, they, he, he's got two homers and two steals at this point. Uh, he's hitting up around 280. Um, he is a guy that can go Corey Dickerson cold uh, at a moment's notice, but he's also a guy that can, um, you know, ride some power and some speed and, and, and ride a hot streak to get you to when Dahl comes back. So I think he's a good fit. Okay, so that finishes up the injuries. Let's move to our player spotlights, um, and I'll kick it off. I, I wanted to talk about Trey Mancini, Baltimore's uh, first baseman slash he's outfield. finally doing it. He's yellowing. Yeah, he's at 74% ownership. So, I mean, he's owned in most leagues, but he's probably still relatively affordable given his team context and the minimum price that you had to pay. I think that we were all pretty on board with him as a sleeper um, before the year began. And like you said, Joe, I mean, you hinted at it. He, he's putting the ball in the air more. Um, he's, he's, he's hitting more flies than, than grounders at this point. Um, he's, he's showing some promise in terms of shrinking his K rate. Not that it was ever really that bad for a corner guy. Um, you know, he, he's a guy that has fluctuated somewhere between 23 and 25% um, in that area, which isn't prohibitive in today's day and age. Uh, but he's right now he's in, he's in the mid teens in terms of strikeout rate. Um, his walk rate's gone up. 
Um, I'm not ready to buy into those changes yet, but um, given his spring training plus what we've seen from him this far, I am hopeful that the power uh, is going to approach 30, if not exceed it. Um, he's always posted pretty good homer to fly ball rates. So if the fly balls are there in a greater volume, that means more homers. Um, that lineup um, is not great, but it's also not devoid of talent. Um, they've put up some pretty good run totals early on here. He's obviously in a very good division for hitters. So I, I think that he's a pretty good bet um, to produce you know, a 25 to 30 homer type season with 85 RBIs provided he stays fully healthy. And he's not the type of guy that's going to hit 235, 240. Um, he's probably a true talent, 265, 270 hitter. And he's got a shot to hit 280, um, particularly if the strikeout rate comes down a few ticks. Yeah, I mean, he he's doubled the launch angle so far, um, the average launch angle. And, I mean, we knew that was the, the change he had to make. We had mentioned, I mean, everyone on earth had mentioned about Yelich before. We know Hosmer needs to make that change, but he's pretty reluctant to do so. Mancini looks like he's making that change. And uh, he's like, right now, I mean, he's pacing out to be like a, a, a slightly different Travis Shaw, right? Better batting average, probably a little less steals, but right around the same pop. Um, and you got him probably for free or a lot, lot cheaper. So, yeah, you got you to gotta like... Uh, any investment you have in Mancini right now. So, uh, yeah, I, I guess I'll, I'll take the next one. Um, yep. And it's Chris Sale. Um, so we've gotten new information since uh, last week. Um, this isn't really so much about, uh, you know, what happened, because I think we all know what's happening so far. Uh, it's more like kind of, I just wanted us to talk about what do we do with Chris Sale? So, uh, one thing I did notice is that we have like sort of a compounding issue going on and that this, this past outing, he drastically changed his mechanics. Um, he changed his vertical release point on his pitches by almost a half an inch and a half an inch doesn't sound like a lot, but between 2014 and 2018, the largest differences between his average, average vertical release point was 0.16 inches. So it changed almost by five times that, um, in this last outing. So clearly he was making some changes. Um, the Velo was up as we know, but the results just weren't all that good. Um, and the command's still kind of off. So I guess, what do you, what are you doing? What are you doing with sale? Are you, are you holding on and hoping? I think, I think it's somewhat similar to, you know, kind of what I said about Severino in terms of if you were going to sell right now, I just don't know that you can get enough return on your investment. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I think the average fastball velocity was up a little bit in the start. It was, was it not. It was. It was uh, compared to the previous start. The previous start it was like 89, um, but the, his first. I think it was pretty comparable to his first start, or maybe up a, a little bit even even then. I'm not entirely sure. Yeah. So I mean. So my thought with that is he's the, – the arm strength is coming back a little bit. The fact that he's tinkering with his mechanics is a little more concerning because that says to me – you know, I mean, the speculation was, all right, well, they're easing him in, they're easing him in. He's not, 
he's not operating at full strength at this point, but it's deliberate. And this seems to be an effort to maybe get a little more juice. Um, so that, that means that he might be fighting himself to regain the velocity as opposed to the theory that he's simply ramping up. Yeah, um, part, of the, part of the problem too, right, is just what we're hearing from the Boston camp. Right, first it was, oh, you know, we, we, uh, he's got to ramp up. He didn't really pitch too much in spring training. Then it was, oh, you know, he's holding back bullets because we don't want him to, to be done by the end of the season. Then it was, oh, you know, he wasn't feeling that well and he was fighting an illness. And then Sale's like, I don't know what's going on. So, I, I don't know. I mean, you can't feel good. You definitely can't feel good. I, no, I, underst- no, I understand. Um, I understand not wanting to sell like 50 cents on the dollar if you could even get that much right now. I get it, um, but I would definitely be – I'd be shopping for sure. I'd be listening to anyone and everyone. All right, so, so why, don't we, why don't we take this a step further? Yeah. I'm going to give you some names, and you let me know if you would make that deal. Okay. Jack Flaherty. Yes. Okay. Would you? Um, no. Okay. Not yet. Uh, Madison Bumgarner. Mm. Yes. Yeah, see, I'm the no. Um, that one's really tough. Okay, so we're we're close to the line. Let me see if I can I can get over it. Um, would you go? Would you take Kershaw over Sale? Ooh. Um no. No, I guess I guess this I guess this means that I'm I'm not ready to to completely panic. Yeah. That's fair. Uh, I mean, you you'll probably in 3 months be like, "Joe, you're an idiot." <laughs> well, I have I have I mean, I have thrown out feelers on on sale. Uh, I you know, I don't own any shares, but you know, I, I like the panic around it because it creates a buyer's market. And, um, you know, this is the, that's the type of situation that I'm always trying to take advantage of um, and, and trying to be the guy that can buy somebody at, you know, 75 cents on the dollar and, and take a shot because I'm not, I'm not paying full price. So, yeah. I mean, if Chris Sale is some reduced version of what he was last year, Chances are it's going to be a break-even point for me, um, and whoever has owned him at this point has eaten a vast majority of the bad. Sure, um, and and I'll get the the good that comes with, um, you know, when he makes the adjustment or when his velo comes back or whatever it is that's going to happen. Um, I, I just I just find it hard to believe that he's completely lost it and it's and it's over and it's done with um it just doesn't seem to be a uh, there's not a lot of precedent yeah exactly that's what that's what i was going to say was that it was going to be if there's not it's not it's not a typical decline um for a pitcher to go from one of the best pitchers in baseball to uh, just absolutely atrocious overnight It, it doesn't happen that often so I mean, even if this is a new level, I'm confident that he'll 
figure out how to make it work before long. Yeah, see, so actually um, thinking about it now, right, with the Flaherty, Kershaw, and Bumgarner, I think I'd actually be more inclined to just go with Bumgarner and Kershaw, even though I like Flaherty, uh, because I think they have name power, right? So, like, even if you were trading for them and you got them, and, you know, whatever something happened later and you needed to make a move with one of the two of them, I think you could still move them because they also have name power, right? Whereas Flaherty might not carry that same weight, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's, that's a really smart point. And, um, you know, we've been, we've been hanging out with Nick too long because that's the way he thinks. And, yeah. and, it's, and it's a great and – and it is. It is a great point because, you know, if Kershaw comes back, right, and he throws 92 in his first start and has a good start, the the market for him or the the value for him is going to go through the roof. Yep. So, you know, he, you're immediately going to get back not only what you paid for him, assuming your draft was you know in the middle of March where his price was depressed, but you're you're going to be able to trade him in for you know second third round value at that point because mm-hmm. all that's all it's going to take. Yeah. Okay, let's move it to my next guy. I'm going to talk about another pitcher that struggled thus far, Aaron Nola. Um, you know, and and with Nola, it, it it's not quite, or at least I don't see the same level of panic that's around sale with Nola, and that's understandable. I mean, Nola hasn't shown Nola wasn't coming off an injury. Nola wasn't brought along slow in spring training. Nola hasn't displayed reduced velocity at all. So it, it makes sense on, 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 in that sense, but there's some interesting stuff here. I mean, he's not generating whiffs or chases on his pitches. I think he might be fighting his command a little bit, which is troubling, considering yes. that's really what makes him very special um, is, is, is that he's got such superb command. And, I think he's. I'm wondering if he might be a little scared off by the homers he's given up yes. in the early going. I, I think he's. I, I think that makes him a buy low candidate, to be honest. Yes. But we need to watch to see if he course corrects. Um, you know, if you're owning him, I would hold steady. Um, because I, I, there's no way he's going to give up homers at like a 30 percent clip, even if the ball's changed and everything's different. But I'm I'm less concerned about the homers, and I'm more concerned about um, what the homers are doing to him. Yeah. Yes. I mean, like you pretty much just said everything I was gonna say. Um, I, I it his mechanics are all in line with his career. Uh, you know, the velo looks fine. The pitch mix looks largely okay. It, I think. It's just a confidence thing. Um, the, the first pitch strike uh, percentage is below fifty percent um, in the in the last two games. Um, the, the first game it was above fifty percent and he pitched well. Um, yeah, I think this represents a great buy opportunity, buy low opportunity. I'm with you. Um, I I'm still totally in on him. Um, I think he's just a little bit in his head right now. All right. Um, you want to get inside the head of you, Darvish? Now? Yeah, yeah. So let's <laughs> let's keep going with the struggling pitchers. And man, people are 
ready to to kill Darvish right now. So um, I've gotten a chance to see all of his starts now. I've I've been watching uh, his start while we've been doing this right now. Um, so the first thing that I want to mention on Darvish is that uh, the slider is definitely still there. It looks sharp. Um, it looks deceptive. It's just that he's got very little fastball control right now. Um, his second start, he started off doing well in Atlanta uh, with both fastball and slider control, and then it just started to unravel. Um, coincidentally, it started to unravel when it started to really rain. Um, I'm not sure if you know the ball got slippery or, or whatnot, but uh, things started to really go, go south. Um, I, I'm not sure Darvish is someone I'd go after right now, um, especially even this past start where he looked much, much better with in terms of control and command. Um, he still gave up, I think it was four runs. Um, one run was knocked out in, in by the bullpen. But still, right, it was only four Ks, no walks. Um, so it's an improvement, but it's still not good. Um, just based on the stuff alone, you know, the fastball and slider, like I mentioned, look good. Um, so I'm willing to bet that he's just got to kind of dust off the rust and, uh, you know, later into the season, he'll, he'll really start to shine. But right now he's probably not someone you're looking to start. And I, I don't feel confident enough that he'll get the, uh, the control back because he's also battled the blister issue. So I wouldn't actively go after him, but I wouldn't, you know, throw him on waivers just yet. Yeah, I don't think you can throw him on waivers. Um, this was definitely a step in the right direction tonight. I mean, all you have to do is look at the box score and see he didn't walk anybody. And that's a that's certainly a promising sign. Um, you know, I, 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 I think that maybe um, we were a little optimistic <laughs> on how quickly it would come back for him. Yeah, I think so. Um but I still, I still have hope. I mean, listen, the velocity is there. Like you said, the slider is there. Um, I, I, I have hope that the command is going to come. Um, you know, it's, it is very early in the year. Um, you know, he's pitching in cold weather. That sounds like I'm making excuses and I am, but <laughs> he's, he's again, he's, 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 He's a guy that's got fantastic stuff. Now, we have seen guys with um, borderline command simply lose it before. I mean, that's not something – it's not like Sale where we're talking about a guy that goes from front, front, front line starter um, down to nothing. But we've seen guys with Darvish-level command lose that command and then just completely lose it. Um, that is something we have seen before. So there is risk here. But I, I still, I still think you hold here. I'd still be a buyer on him um, because I think people are scared, and he was relatively affordable on draft day. So I mean, if he was going at starting pitcher thirty-five, roughly, yeah, sounds about you right. You can probably get him for the price right now of starting pitcher. 50, 55. And that's a price I'm willing to pay 
to roll the dice that he's going to turn it around. Let me let me just find out who that is because I'm curious. Uh, oh, let's see. Starting pitcher fifty right now is like Montas, Tyone, Corbin. Right now. All right. Well, yeah, I'm not going to pay Tyone yeah, or Corbin because they're going in front of them. Montas. Hmm. Would I do that right now? Yeah, I think I would do it. Yeah, I, mean, I, think, you're right. I think you're right. I would, like, you trade, I, would you trade Paddock for him? Yeah, because the innings. Yeah. The innings. Yeah, what about Kikuchi? Yes, definitely. I'm with 100% you 100% I would do that. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. So you're probably in the right right ballpark. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Robinson Cano is the next guy I want to talk about. Um, the numbers don't look fantastic at this point, but I test. I think he's. I think he's still very good, and he's in a good lineup. Um, the Mets have posted nine runs tonight. They've they're averaging approximately six runs a game. Um, the market was somewhat lukewarm on him. And the start hasn't been great. So, I mean, I would throw some feelers out to the guys that own him. The cast around him is good. And I think it's going to be good going forward. So the counting stats should be there. And nothing I've seen indicates to me that he's not going to be like a low 20s homer guy with a 290 average. So if you can live without the speed in the middle infield, he's a player I like a lot still. Yeah, I'm with you, right? Cano's buying into the Mets approach. He's going opposite a bunch. He's going oppo a bunch, which uh, would generally lend you to believe that he'd have a pretty solid batting average. I think his bat pip is like 240 right now. He's batting 209. Totally think he'll bounce back. Um, I'm with you. If anyone is panicking and on Cano, I'd definitely be buying. Um, I'm totally in. I'm totally in. Um, all right. Next well, let me guy, ask you this. What's up? Quickly. So is, are you buying the Mets in total? Like Alonzo, Conforto, yeah, and Nim- like as yeah. Like a legit, as yes. a legit contender. Yes. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I, I, uh, I think they're good. So I, um, we never, we never got around to to uh, to our predictions, um, but I definitely think the Mets could win the NL East because the Phillies. I mean, yeah. this is a total segue, but the the Phillies have tons of. Tons of pitching problems. Um, the bullpen is kind of shaky. The starting pitching's not all that good. I mean, Nola's good, but after him, it's there's a bunch of question marks. Oh, but Joe, Nick Pavetta. <laughs> yeah, Nick Pavetta's flump <laughs> is so good. Um, right, the Phillies have tons of issues. The Nationals need Craig Kimbrell in the worst way, and I don't even know if he'll even be that good. Um, so, yeah. I think they, I think they could totally win a division and definitely compete. I mean, I the Brewers are a clear cut above probably everyone else with the Dodgers, but that doesn't mean that the Mets can't compete with those teams. It's not like the AL, the AL where you know the Astros and the Yankees are so much better than anyone from the AL Central. Yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, especially when you get into the playoffs with that kind of pitching. But okay, that's that's enough of that segue. Let's move yeah, on sorry. to the next <laughs> Yeah, so it's Ketel Marte. Uh, so we're big be- – I know you and I are big believers in Ketel yep. Marte. Um, he's sitting in at 95 on the battles for plate appearance right now, uh, which isn't, you know, great, but it's definitely not bad. It's above um, average. Yeah, and he's he's looked apart. He's passing the eye test with flying colors. Um, he's crushed a bunch of balls. And now with Jake Lamb shelved, um, Marte can really take this job and run away with it. Um, he's hitting the, the ball hard and well. He's got speed. Um, he's playing center field better than I thought he would. Um, you know, I was really skeptical that he'd be able to make the move. But he looks okay. Um, Marte could easily have a 15 to 20 home run season with throwing 10 to 15 stolen bases, all while costing nothing. Um, I think he can probably move up in the order too. He's batting like six right now. I can see if he continues to hit, he can move up. Um, I, I really like Marte. Yeah, no, I'm with you on this, and I was with you on it preseason. Um, it's not quite how we expected it to look because we all thought that he was going to end up being the leadoff hitter for this team, and they've been leading off Adam Jones for the most part, which is probably not correct. <laughs> I mean, he's been, he's been doing all right. So No, he's been doing good, but it's the profile doesn't make a lot of sense there. But, sure. but I, I digress on that point. So Marte is a, is a guy that, you know, we said last year had um, a bit of a power breakout. And, and it, looked, it looked pretty for real, and he's carried it into this year. But what I think is most important is, is that he's displayed a willingness to run the bases. Mm-hmm. And that's the key, because the power alone isn't going to be enough to carry him. And he's not a good enough hitter for batting average in traditional 5-by-5 five five, yeah. that, that he's an asset at you know, a 15-homer level. Um, you know, he's like a 15 homer, 275 guy that steals five bases. That that's not good enough. But I think he's already got a couple of steals now. Yeah, he's got two already. And if he's if he's gonna run and he can get into the mid to upper teens level with both power and speed, then he becomes a real asset, hitting 270 plus with on base skills. And he, and if he, and although he's not hitting at the top of the lineup, he's hitting in the middle, and it's been good enough for him to be able to drive in plenty of runs. So, if if he can keep that up, he can be a real asset. And he's got short, he's got second, and he's got outfield. So he's got that versatility that you like, where you can move them all over. Um, yeah, I'm I'm totally in. I was in before the season started, and and I've got a couple of shares, and they've paid off nicely at this point. So let me move to my next guy. I've got Trevor Cahill. Listen, I say this every year at this time. He's, he's good. He's really good when he's healthy. And right now he's healthy. He's, he's throwing, he's throwing pretty hard. There's no sign of injury. He gets the grounders. He gets the whiffs. He's got the secondary stuff. He's with Jonathan Mucroy with who was his catcher last year who he had a lot of success with. The Angels are very good defensively, so they can clean up those ground balls. I mean, having Andrew Simmons there is a big boost. Um, there's a lot to like from Cahill. Now, who knows when it's going to end? It will probably end eventually when he gets hurt. But 
he's healthy right now and he's free. His ownership is, I, I believe it's sub 20% right now. Just ride the wave. I mean, there's no cost. So ride the wave, take the however many quality innings he's going to give you, and then you can move on when he moves on to the DL, um, eventually assuming he does. But there's no reason for him to be unowned anywhere at this point because he's going to be good while he's healthy. Yeah, and I mean, he's he's shown a willingness to attack hitters uh, so far this season. And I think you're probably right in large part that's probably due to knowing that you've got such a good defense behind you with Simmons and Trout that you can afford to give up a little bit of contact and still be okay. Um, yeah, I'm with you. I mean, it's, it's always been the nag on him, uh, on Cahill. You know, when is when is he going to get hurt? He's a ticking time bomb. But who cares, right? He's healthy right now. Uh, you know, don't, don't be biased and be like, oh, Trevor Cahill, he stinks. Just don't put the name to the player and just – just put him in there and eat those quality innings. Yeah, I- I'm with you. Yeah, but that's the thing is, though. He's like, he doesn't stink. He's really good. <laughs> he's really good when he's healthy. So there's yeah. no there's no reason. And and you know how we talked about um, with, with like, Kershaw and, and Bumgarner and name value? Trevor Cahill has negative name value. Yes. Like, if he... If his name wasn't Trevor Cahill and he was coming out of nowhere with the sort of um, skills that he's shown at this point, he would be more sought after than he is at this point. Which is to your advantage. It's easy to go and get him, even if he's owned. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's walking no one, striking out eight per nine. He's got a three and a half ERA, which is Definitely below league average. He's, yeah, it's negative name value. You're right. Yeah, league average ERA right now is about six and a half. <laughs> Juiced balls. <laughs> All right, so uh, my next guy is Max Fried. Uh, so something that I didn't realize, because um, I didn't get to watch uh, all of his start yesterday. Yesterday. But um, he introduced the slider this year. Um, Ooh, which, pitch. yeah, which has me a little intrigued. He hasn't thrown a lot. It's like 6%. His changeups at like 6%. So they're kind of like show me pitches right now. Um, but that does put him in four pitch territory. And we already know that the curveball is really, really good. Um, the fastball is okay. Um, they're obviously the two pitches he trusts the most, but after going into Colorado last night and shutting down the Rockies, he's definitely earned some trust from me. Um, his start against the Cubs, was magnificent. He had the curveball dancing all over the place. Um, the one knock on him is that he's got a lot of competition in Atlanta, and things if things start to go south, he can be into the bullpen in very short order. With that said, though, he's free right now, and uh, he's pitching well, so I'm willing to ride this out. And you know, if he if he does happen to get a better feel or more confidence in one of those two secondary other secondary offerings. I mean, he could really push through, but even still with just a fastball curveball combo, um, he'll probably be perfectly fine through five innings every night. So like two, two times through the order type guy. Yeah. And you know, 
I, I don't know that he should have that knock against him at this point in Atlanta. I mean, where is the competition at this point? Yeah, yeah. You know what? Like, I think I think you might be right, right? That he's like right now, I think he's like their number two. And you got to imagine that Kyle Wright's probably out before Freed is. So maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I misspoke. Yeah, no, but I, I do think that that was I, – I don't think you misspoke because I think that is something that people perceive. But I think it was the perception – I think people are carrying that perception over from spring training when the landscape was different. Um, you know, Toussaint didn't earn the job. He, he got it taken from him by three other guys. Um, Fulton Evich obviously got hurt. He's on his way back. Someone is going to get booted for him. Um, Tehran is, you know, they're sort of steady Eddie going to be in the rotation no matter what, but, and, and Newcomb is, is, is Sean Newcomb. He's just inconsistent and he's got no command whatsoever. So, I mean, if free continues to pitch well, there's no reason that they're going to boot him out of the rotation. Uh, they're just not, I, I mean, it, it's not, it's not as crowded as I, I think it appears. And, and he's pitched the best of the guys that would be booted. Um, so I'm not, I'm not convinced that that the situation isn't as crowded as it's perceived to be. Um, he's if if it is crowded, he's winning the war of attrition. Um, and the fact that he's got a new pitch is is very interesting. I mean, even if he's only throwing it at a show me level. Um, He's, he's been good, and, and he certainly got my eyebrow raised um, to watch him on his next start. Um, I, I admittedly have not looked at him extremely closely, but he certainly um, got enough of my attention at this point now that I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to scope him out in, in detail in his next start. Yeah, you know, and, and some, something else I mentioned too, right, is that he – he has been chosen to, you know, to start, right? Like, I think there's something to be said about the Braves trying to throw him out first, right? It wasn't Tucson. It wasn't Gohara. It, it, it was Freed, right? So, um, so yeah, I, th- I think, I think maybe, maybe you've just convinced me that he's got a bigger leash than I might have thought. Okay, I want to talk about Paul DeYoung, uh, another guy that, that we both liked before the year began, hitting third behind Goldschmidt and Carpenter. He's off to a really nice start, even if those guys um, aren't off to fantastic starts. I mean, I know Goldschmidt's got the power, but um, the batting average hasn't been there at this point, and Carpenter's off to a nice gold start. Um, you know, DeYoung has ample power for a middle infielder. Um, the bat of ball authority should lead to good BABIPs. Um, I think he's got the athleticism to swipe 10 bags. Uh, he's already got a steal. Um, so there is some willingness, um, or at least hints, that he's willing to run at this point. He had the improved, improved plate discipline last year. Um, you know, I said before the year, I think there's a little bit of Eugenio Suarez here um, where the skills sort of get better on a linear basis. Now, growth is not always linear, but um, I'm very encouraged by what I've seen from him so far. He looks good at the plate. He is swinging hard, and when he's making contact, um, the ball is flying off of his bat. Um, and he's still a player that's probably relatively affordable and a bench or a depth piece on most 12-team rosters. So if you 
struggling in the middle infield, this might be a guy that you can go get and not pay an exorbitant price for. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I like Deong too. Some so, uh, one thing that's a little red flaggy is that uh, you know he's, he's whiffing a lot um, and missing inside the zone a bit more. Yeah, but that whole team is. The whole team yeah, is, is I mean, it, it also right could now. be it. It also could be the sort of thing that he's just trying to hit a little bit more power. But even still, um, he's still batting two ninety five. He's in the, in the small sample size, and yeah, we we liked him. The, the big thing was just making sure that the the K rate stays in check, and it has so far, right? Twenty six and a half percent. That's okay. He can he can live with that. It's if he was back upwards, close to thirty, we'd be a little bit more worried. So, yeah, I'm with you on Deong. He was nice and cheap, um, and he should be you know steady Eddie, like mid twenties pop and throwing a handful of steals. Yeah, so and, and the RBI opportunities are only going to go up if he's hitting three in that lineup. Yeah. Because yeah. before long, Goldschmidt and Carpenter are both going to start to hit. Yeah. All right, so uh, next up I have Domingo Santana. So I don't really have anything to talk about Santana per se. Um, I just wanted to get your thoughts on uh, sort of tra- trade value, right? Because this is really early. Um, owners got – Domingo Santana, pretty much free or really cheap. Um, so, would you rather have Santana or Austin Meadows? Ooh, give me Santana, but that's an interesting combination of players. I think I'm taking Meadows because I think he's got the higher batting average upside, and they're probably pretty comparable and. Home runs and stolen bases in total. Maybe Santana's probably got him beaten pop, but yeah, I'll take the yeah. batting average. Yeah, he's got him beaten pop, but yeah, I I, I don't know. It's a it's a really really good comparison of, of the two players. All right, so... um, because oh. I'm because I'm a big fan of Meadows as well. Yeah, well, yeah, I know you're preaching to the choir here, but so what about Santana or Robles? Um, give me Santana. Uh, call me crazy. I'm, I, I still think that there's going to be an adjustment for Robles. Um, I, I think he's still too raw. Um, and I just don't know that the league has caught up to him yet. Sure. And I, I think there's going to be an adjustment period that's going to come sooner than later. Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't call you crazy at all. I mean, I'm, I'm the one that said that I'm not so sure about the power. He's shown it so far, um, but I'm still skeptical. I'm kind of with you. I think Nick would probably disagree, and he'd probably go with Robles, but I don't want to speak for him. Oh, he definitely – He well, last week during Player Spotlight, he brought up Robles. Oh, okay. It was sure. from a positive perspective, so I would almost guarantee he would disagree with you. Yeah, see, so I, I don't know. I, I think this might be one of those cases, though, where this trade might not be such a bad idea. Um. You know, trade the the kind of hot guy for the hot prospect. If Robles keeps it up, then you could flip him for something even better than Santana, sort of yep. thing. It's it's tricky, but if you're a savvy if you're a savvy trader, it might be something worth looking into. Um, I got two more for you. So, uh, Dingo or Tommy Pham? Oh, Tommy Pham. Not yeah, I'm, I'm not even there. close. Not yeah, even yeah. close. I, I'm with you there. I'm with you there. No, I know. I'm just. I'm just. I'm making my. I'm making my. Uh, love love for fam, fam. clear. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yes. All right. Or Dingo or Doll. This one's tough. With the injury. Yep. This one's tough. Um, give me Doll just because the Colorado outfielder Colorado. is so yeah. valuable. Like, again, it's. Yep. If, if you were if put a gun to my head and you asked me who was going to be better from today forward, I might pick Domingo, but I think that I can, if I can get Dahl hot one more time, I can probably offload him for a really nice return. I'm, total, I'm totally with you. I This is like really, really close, but I think I'd take Dahl because of the, the core's effect. Excuse me. Yeah. All right, that's all I had. It was just it was just a, a thought experiment in trade value for someone hot and early. No, it was a good one. It was a good one because it's it's sort of tough to to place where these guys fall, and the and the guys you brought up are all guys that that I like. Um, you know, I mean, and I'm obviously cooler on um, Victor Robles than Nick is, but it doesn't mean that I don't like him or I don't think he's talented. Um, but those are all very interesting names. Um, so, yeah, I thought it was good. Um, okay, I want to talk about Joe Musgrove a little bit. You know, he had that great first start, um, embracing the slider with the plus command on the fastball. Um, you know, we, we both were on him before the year began. Uh, the slider keyed his second-half surge in skills. Um, but, you know, there is one thing that I found troubling, and that was the fastball velocity. Um, he was, he was down a little bit and it, it's one of those things that bears watching his start to the year was slow. He was behind. So is this, you know, he was behind and the fastball velocity is going to catch up a little bit or is he simply just throwing a little bit slower and it's something that we have to be wary of. And because he's, he's a guy that doesn't have outstanding fastball velocity. So a, a tick or two means a lot to him. Yeah. And it's more like a tick or three, right? It's almost three miles an hour. It's like two and a half. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's tough. I, I'm with you. I like him. Um, you know, like you said, we, the whole, the whole podcast was a fan of Musgrove with the sort of four pitch mix kind of thing going on. But, yeah, I mean, if you took him, right, you got to sit tight. And, you know, if it's a thing where he strings together like four, five, six good starts and the velo is still down, I don't know. I mean, I think I'd want to watch him and see what type of pitches he's, he's, you know, he's going through, right? He's always been touted as having good good control and command. Um, so, you know, if he's – if he's really pinpointing that fastball, even at 90, 91 miles an hour, I think that's okay. Um, if he's slipping up on it and, you know, he's getting hit hard, but they're lining out into gloves, then I'd be a little bit more concerned. So I think it's just someone that um, we should all do our due diligence and watch a little bit um, to get a good feel of, of where Musgrove is at. Well, here's my, here's my thing with Musgrove right now. And, and this goes to something that you said, which was, you know, if he springs together four or five starts, number one, I mean, 
very rarely does a pitcher string together four or five really good starts. Yeah, um, So it's difficult to sort of wait for that to happen. And I don't know that you have to wait for that to happen right now. Oh, well, I, I mean, meant, I meant in terms of like, you know, deciding which way you want to go, not should you start him? I think he's startable. No, right now, no, that's sure. not where I'm, that's not what I'm saying. I'm, oh, okay. I'm saying in deciding which way you want to go. I mean, even before, listen, if he's, if he comes out again and he's throwing, you know, two and a half to two miles below where he was last year and he has another good start. I think that's the time to to take the temperature of the market and, and see because, I mean, we're we're seeing it everywhere. You know, like uh, there are pitchers getting blown up on a nightly basis, and there's some real panic. So if you throw a pitcher out on the market that's got two or three really good starts, and was a popular sleeper. And and there's a guy that's got some got some name value. I mean, Joe Musgrove's not you Darvish, or he and he's not you know I, I don't know Madison Bumgarner, but he's also a guy that that has a little bit of pedigree that that is that is the name that's as a name that is popular or at least known among fantasy baseball players. You should be able to get something for him and something pretty good for him, considering the state of pitching in this early season market. I mean, I, I, I think that that's the time to shop him. I don't think you wait four or five starts because more than likely within four or five starts, he's going to have a bad one. Okay. Let me, let me ask you a question. Okay. Would you, so let's say Musgrove, you know, goes six of one run ball and like four strikeouts and no walks next outing. Right. Yeah. Would you, if someone said, "Hey, I'll give you Kyle Hendricks for Musgrove," and but he he was pumping 90, 90 miles an hour, you taking that? Musgrove was pumping ninety. Yeah, because Kyle Hendricks. Oh pumping yeah, 90, yeah. I'm no, him. you're totally in. If Hendricks <laughs> is pumping ninety. But uh, yes, yes, I am. I'm I'm actually a major buyer on Hendricks. I think that Hendricks is actually one of the better buys that you can make at this point. Sure. Yeah. See. I don't know. I don't know yet. I, I know I feel, you hate Kyle Hendricks. I know I do hate Kyle Hendricks, but I feel like I feel like I I so admittedly right. I did not see the Musgrove start, so I feel like I gotta take a glimpse at the start to really get a feel, right? Because if, you know if he's painting corners at ninety, I, I don't know if it matters, right? Because look at Hendricks. He he paints corners at corners at eighty seven, and it doesn't matter. Yeah, but but if they're bleeding over the plate, and like I said, if he's, if they're bleeding over the plate, and you know they're lining out or they're hard hit ground balls, and you know the Pirates are making some pretty nifty defensive plays behind him, then I'd be like, oh yeah, give me Hendricks. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I think I, I think that's a fair point, but I, but the fact is, it's like we've seen Kyle Hendricks succeed at such a level for such a period of time based upon his command. We don't have that track record with Musgrove, you know? So it, it, it's not, it's simply, it's just not a safe. That's certainly true. (laughs) 
And to me, like I've, I've got all the confidence in the world in Kyle Hendricks turning it around. I mean, I, I think that I have very, very little doubt that he's going to be a productive pitcher. We need someone to break this tie. Well, we can. We'll find out from Nick, and then we'll let everybody know. Yeah, we'll make sure he <laughs> tweets about it. Well, he's I'm, not tweeting well, he about owns, politics. He owns Musgrove, so you'll never get his. You'll never get his real answer. Oh uh, yeah, that's true. He'll he'll just <laughs> tell us that you know Musgrove is the best, and we're <laughs> stupid that we would even make that comparison. Uh, um, so how dare right. we? How dare we invoke the name of Kyle Hendricks with Joe Musgrove? All right, let's uh let's go over to Europe for this next one. Europe, still. Oh, okay, all right. Europe. Okay, so is, uh, that, is, that, a, is that a Derek Holland joke? Yeah. yeah the first okay. one was. The second one just kind of worked out. You blew. <laughs> you like blew my mind with that one. I was like, why are we? Why are we going to Europe? <laughs> oh, so man. so yeah. So the next guy is, is Derek Holland. Uh, he's a prime example of value on bad teams. He was really good last year, especially down the stretch. Um, I, I picked him up for free in, in our home league. The breaking stuff is good. Um, he's placed more emphasis on the secondary stuff, um, and that makes his fastball play up. He's pumping 92-93 from the left side, which is perfectly adequate. Um, ballpark can help make up for the mistakes. He's got good defense behind him. Um, not a lot of wins are in the offing with San Francisco as his home, but I think he should be a pretty good source of innings and innings that will not kill you um, and value up in quality start leagues, especially. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, like, I, I like what, I see, what I've seen from him. I like what I saw down the stretch last year. And um, thus far this year, I, I've seen a pitcher that looks pretty much the same as what we saw at the end of last year. So I've got no reason to think that he's not in that high to mid threes ERA range with the ability to strike out you know, between eight and nine guys per nine and, and be a pretty productive starting pitcher at the back of your rotation. Yeah. And he suffers a little bit of a lot of bit of Trevor Cahill disease, negative name value. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, sure. Are you going to start Derek Holland and cores? No, absolutely but, not. But you know, on, on a day game when Fernando Tatis isn't in the lineup against the Padres. Sure. You know, or um, maybe not against the Dodgers right now, but you know, you you, you pick and choose your matchups, and and you can get some pretty solid innings out of out of Derek Holland. I'm with you. I'm with you. It, it's he's mostly the same player we've seen out of the second half since last year. Um, I, I like it. I, this is this is a good name to keep in mind. Him and Cahill are both good names. Okay, if anybody else, or you want me to run through? Uh, yeah, my you, last you're, you're running through. Okay, so the next guy I want to bring up is Josh Donaldson. Um, he's had a slow start, but I think the plate skills are really strong at this point. Um, and he's got plenty of loud, hard contact, both from an eye, eye perspective test. Um, eye perspective test. What the fuck am I saying? Um, both, I from the eye, both from the eye test and from, um, from the numbers. I believe he's sporting over a 50% hard contact rate at this point. Um, I'm buying in a big way. I've put feelers out on him. Um, great lineup around him. Yeah, there's some risk involved, but that risk was already baked into the price. And now you combine that with some slow performance to start the year, at least slow results. Um, 
when you combine that with the risk that was already baked in, the price becomes very, very attractive. Um, so he's a guy I would put some feelers out on um, and, and see what I can get. Yeah, so on Donaldson, the, the thing that actually stands out the most to me is the arm strength. Um, so his shoulder looks really good. He's looked really good, good defensively. So, um, you know, like last year, I was, God, after seeing him noodle arm so many throws, I was like so out. And I'm not necessarily really in on Donaldson right now, but I can see I, the, the arm strength is good there and that's reassuring right so like if you're buying into the skills i'm okay with it um i don't know i I, i've watched a few of his at bats um maybe i've caught some of the uh the weaker ones than you have so i haven't seen him really pop off as much but this 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 the statistics don't lie right the hard contact is i think above 50 percent it's yeah it's 51.9 percent um I, w- I do wonder if he's if he's hitting a lot of those on the ground because he's barreling at like two percent right now, three percent, which is kind of low. So yeah, but um, he's not. The ground ball rate's not not high. No, no, I know, but I wonder if the ground balls he's hitting are the hard, really, are the really hard, hard oh, ones. That's where his hard contact is. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Understand what you're saying. Yeah, right. Because because he's just not barreling them up right now. But still, right. It's still a good sign that the strength is there, and that's what's important. Because it hasn't been, or it wasn't last year. So, yeah, I, I, I could see that there's a path to him imp- improving. And you're right, that the uh, the plate discipline skills are fantastic, right? He's walking 17% of the time, which is above his career average. Um, and he's striking out only 24% of the time. So, yeah, I think there's a path here. Yeah, no, there's the, the, the plate skills are definitely livable. And like you said, I mean, that's a fantastic point. I haven't even thought about that, but you're absolutely right. Um, the the arm looks good from a fielding perspective, and that's a major positive um, for him because last year he was really struggling with that. Now, I mean, the calf is always the other side of the coin with him. I mean, that's an injury that he struggled with over multiple years. Um, there's no indication that that's an issue right now. Um, but, I mean, and the other thing about him is, is that there was some concern about, you know, he's in the NL. There's no DH. Um but since the defense has been good, you don't really have to worry about that at this point. And, and I think it's a good thing. I mean, the Braves have Camargo. Like, he's a guy that can spell him. Um, we talked about this last year when it came to Lorenzo Kane being in Milwaukee, that the depth can actually be beneficial to a player like this in that he doesn't have to play every day. Um, it, 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 gives, it gives you a better shot at getting 140 healthy games as opposed to getting, you know, 115 healthy games and 25 games where they're playing when they really shouldn't be. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. This, this spell is, the spell is kind of underrated in baseball. Yeah. And especially in a head to head format, right? Like in, in a roto, that kind of hurts a little bit more, but in a head to head format, that's perfectly fine. Or in a format where you can, um, in a daily league instead of, a yeah, daily, daily moves. Daily that, moves that's is, is that's actually game. better. Yeah. Daily. Okay, and then my, my last guy for the night is Jorge Polanco. Um, we were big into him last year. He obviously um, had the PED issue. He lost some playing time. Um, I, I believe he closed the year pretty strong after they traded Eduardo Escobar. 
Um, he is a major eye test guy for me this year. Every single time I've seen him at the plate, um, I've been very impressed with him. Um, he's making uh, a lot of a lot of line drive contact. Um, running the bases strong. I think this is a really good lineup. Um, sneaky good, in fact, and uh, it hasn't hit on all, all cylinders yet, even though he has. I mean, he's got a cycle under his belt already this year. Um, but I, I think the breakout that many thought were coming last was coming last year is going to come this year. And he's he's another guy that's hysterically underowned. I think his ownership is below 30% in Yahoo. Um, hitting two in that lineup with the ability to, you know, pop close to 20 homers and steal 15 bags. Uh, this guy should be owned in over 50% of leagues in my mind. Yeah. Let me, let me find, let me find a, a shortstop that was, Oh, perfect. You got Trey Turner. Go get Polanco. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's not going to, he's not going to swipe bags at Turner's rate. No, of course but, not. But he can give you comparable totals and runs. He can swipe, you know, a, a bag or two or – I don't remember what the timeline is on Turner. What is it, a month? Uh, yeah, it's like four, four to six, I think, right So, now. yeah, I mean, you know, maybe Polanco can steal three bags in that time. Um, and Turner already stole, what, like five? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. So you're, you're, not, you're not really missing out on much in terms of your steal total. He has comparable pop, and he'll, he'll put up comparable run totals. So, yeah, I, I like that fit a lot. Yeah, and I, I mean, I really like Polanco. I mean, obviously, I was high on him last year. He kind of flopped, but um, he had a strong second half. Um, yeah, I mean, he's, he's, a, he's a solid hitter. He can handle the bat okay. Um, you know, like you mentioned, he'll give you home runs and stolen bases. He'll sprinkle them in here and there. Um, he's kind of like, like a poor man's Marcus Simeon. Um, but he'll probably float a better batting average than Simeon will. So, yeah, he, he represents a good stopgap. And, you know, while Polanco's hot, he's a good ride-out guy. You know, right? If, you're, if you've got a shortstop like Turner who you need to replace, or um, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to think of someone else that's really up to a bad start, but all the shortstops right now are crushing. Corey Seager. Uh, oh, yeah. Perfect. He's like the only one. On he that really team is that's the only one. In. Yeah, so maybe if he if he got Turner or Corey Seager, Polanco is a good good fit. Okay, and that'll wrap it up for us tonight. Joe, let them know where they can find you on Twitter. Yeah, uh, you can find me at Joe FWO. Um, mostly just tweeting out whatever games I'm watching, kind of just trying to keep up with with whatever game I'm watching. So yeah. Yeah, and you can find me on Pat, uh, on Twitter at, at PatrickFWO. I have been a little less active on the Twitter um, due to other commitments, but um, I expect to be firing it back up soon. And, uh, you know, follow us. We'll, we'll hit you with some tidbits. And, of course, uh, check out the show. Um, you know, we're coming out every week. So, you know, just keep listening. If you guys can shoot us a review, uh, that would be excellent. But, uh yeah, and let us know if you have any questions on Twitter. We'd be happy to answer them. Yeah, and thanks, uh, thanks as always for listening. Yep, thanks so much for listening. We'll be back next week. See you later.